the transition's tough. I, I, I feel bad for guys that are, are transitioning and do in something that they don't know that they're loving and not waking up every day excited to do. I was very lucky that I was able to, you know, wake up and be really excited about a project I was working on. There was absolutely days though. when like, you know, it wasn't all those great weekends where you didn't sell anything and you're like, is this the right move here? And I think another thing too, is, you know, early on, when you're starting a company, you know, everyone, you know, people around you, even like your friends are like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. any, it's like anybody can go and do this. Like there's no fucking way. Um, so I think like knowing that that's going on and, and you just absolutely lose your identity. There's no doubt about it. You go from being the hockey player for 25 years into, you know, something else. And, and that's, that's always really tough. Tom Lee, thanks for joining Pucks to Properties this week's podcast. Thanks, fellas, for jumping on. Thank you very much. Lee, where are you out of? Uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan. So you know, went, went to school here and then uh, bounced around a little bit. And then uh, just, before you know it, had a bunch of employees in Ann Arbor. And Ann Arbor you know, came back to being home again. So here for Love the time it. being. Love it. We'll give you a proper intro, but I want to thank everyone for uh, jumping on and watching this podcast. Obviously, the purpose of this podcast is to give back to knucklehead hockey players like us, right? So um, it's uh, life after hockey to let everyone know that, guess what? There is a, another life after hockey because a lot of us struggle uh, to find our purpose, to, try and to, to find our passion. You know, a lot of us jump into real estate because there's no barriers of entry. Um, Lee, took a little different path. He saw that uh, the light at the end of the tunnel was business. And Lee has 18 different stores, but which we'll get into that. But um, Tom, what's up, brother? What do we got? What do we got? Good morning. Thank you. I know it's been, uh, it's kind, of, been kind of tough getting schedules aligned for this episode, but I'm very excited about this episode, obviously, for obvious reasons. One, because I mean, Lee, is a, he's a name brand in the hockey world, kind of tapped in the PHPA a couple of years ago, like we're trying to do and essentially give guys, you know, an opportunity and a platform to, to network, to grow, to to see that there is, you know, life after hockey, like you just spoke about. And, you know, obviously everyone in the hockey world knows State and Liberty right now. So um, nice shirt. I'm wearing it today. So quick plug for you. No big deal. Um but yeah, I mean, it, it goes a little bit further than that. Hockey guy, Connecticut guy, um, created yep. something pretty cool, pretty special right in our backyard. And then eventually, um, you know, you're nationwide now. So uh, pretty cool episode and, you know, brick and mortar shops all over the country. So it's um, it's going to tie into real estate a little bit, but it's more about the business aspect and, um, you know, yep. take it away. Love it. So, Lee, obviously, Avon, you went to Avon Old Farms, went to Michigan. You're the third Michigan cat we got on this this call. And we were just laughing right before we got on. We're like, all right, we should probably get some BU guys here. But all the BU guys are usually, you know, either staying in hockey or they're coaching or they're GMs or they're whatever. Right. So but the Michigan cats are the smart, smart men. So, uh, Lee, thanks for uh, jumping on. So give us a, a two second background. I know you're still in Michigan right now. You went from uh, obviously Wallingford, Connecticut to Michigan, Avon All Farms into Michigan. So give us a two-second rundown of uh, of your story. 
Yeah, just, uh, you know, try, try and keep it short, but I uh, grew up in uh, Wallingford, Connecticut, always important to me. I, you know, grew up in the New Haven section, not the Fairfield County section. And, uh, you know, went to Avon Old Farms. My brothers went there, uh, had a great three years uh, as far as like just development as a, as a man and uh, an athlete. And, you know, think back on some of those hockey days, some of my favorite hockey memories and, you know, a high school team that had, you know, 12 division one players on it and eventually three or four NHL guys. We, uh, we felt like we were kind of like the Miami Hurricanes in the early 2000s of, of prep school hockey and just had a blast and um, ended up going to Michigan, you know, having a great experience there. Uh, I'm sorry, I went to USHL for a year and then uh, went to Michigan, you know, great four years, great experience. Uh, just just can't beat the school and, and the network and everything that goes on here. And on top of the hockey, the hockey was just a bonus. Uh, bumped around the minors for a few years and then, uh, you know, started this com- felt like after my first year in the minors, things just weren't really going that great. You know, I'd, I'd be up in, uh, in the American league for like two months at a time and play four games and, uh, just kind of getting bumped back and forth and didn't really love that lifestyle. Uh, had a little passion project that I started that then became state and Liberty, the, uh, my second year playing in the coast in South Carolina. And, uh, you know, very lucky that uh it, it's kind of taken off and been, been working on this for past uh seven years now eight years seven seven or eight what, right did, what did you do so it's pretty interesting so you know we talk about this a lot of of seeing beyond hockey right so you know you're bouncing around the minors um you know i had a, a lot of the same story i played eight years just to, you know we talked about this before bounce around the minors a bit but seeing life after hockey what was what was the first aha moment to say you know what hey this is not going to last forever yeah, I think it was just that first year of, uh, you know, feeling like I was playing pretty well, uh, like American League games and American League camp and like still getting sent down, you know, in these uh, first round draft picks that are young kids that just like, you know, weren't really, I thought it was a lot better than uh, just getting a lot more opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think a big one for me too is, you know, I, I felt like at Michigan, uh, great school, great academics. I did not take advantage of it at all. You know, I was trying to do take the easiest path, um, just focus on hockey, have fun, yeah. kind of do all that. So I think that first year was just kind of eye-opening for me. Like, I really didn't learn that much about life at school. Um, so really educated myself. And then I actually had an internship at Bellagio in Vegas um, after my first year. And I thought, you know, that would be a great opportunity to get something on my resume. Like you were saying, I just I, I taught hockey you know, camps and lessons. And, and that's really the only job I ever had. Um, and then when I was out there, it was supposed to be an eight, eight week internship. I only lasted like five weeks. You know, I was locked in a cubicle with no windows. I was just like, that's, that's you know, heaven, dude, that's heaven. No. Yeah. I was like, this life is just, is not for me. Um, so that actually was kind of the reason for going back and playing the second year. But more importantly, I think from that experience, I was like, I can't be like a corporate guy. Uh, I can't be in an office every day. Uh, and I thought that I kind of wanted to be in a, a smaller startup environment and then just kind of thought, you know, what better way to, to build my resume of working in a startup than, than to try and start one on my own. Um, yep. And that kind of became the, the impetus for it. Uh, it's, it's funny that that last year in South Carolina, uh, I think we hold like the North American League record for most one games at a pro level. I think we rattled off like 25 straight wins, something crazy. Um, just one of the greatest group of guys um i've ever played with and i think you lose that like college morale and and team rapport when you go to pro and we like really had that that was the closest team i've ever played on um and i actually wanted to go back and play again but it was just at the point where kind of state and liberty got to a point where i was like oh i might be able to make a living off of this um and that was a real kind of moment of of giving it a real shot 
So how did you how did you actually start it? So or when did you start it? So you, you went to college, obviously you, you worked at the Bellagio and then you turned pro. Like when did you have the idea and how did that happen? Because you know there's a, there's a shit ton of, of clothing stores out there. Or so how the hell yeah. did you? Which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think that's that's always the hardest part, right? Is is just saying like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for this and I'm gonna try it. Um, I give a lot of credit to my business partner where I always kind of had the idea of, hey, let's make a better fitting, better feeling dress shirt. Uh, yeah. He was the one that's like, hey, I can like get a business off the ground if you think that you can like sell it um, and like get a product going in those types of things. So he was definitely the one that was like, like, let's we talk about this all the time over having some beers. Like, let's like, let's do it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just it just starts with, you know, trying to find suppliers and fabrics and, and you make a couple of prototypes that are complete dog shit that you think is yeah. like the best thing in the world. Um, you keep on, you know, trying to make it better. Uh, you get to a point where you think that you have a product that people are going to like. You launch it. You realize six months later that product was horrible. Yeah. Um, you just keep on trying to get better. Um, but I think that in this day and age, there's, you know, these shark tank and you hear about people raising money and all these things and, uh, in my opinion, you don't really need all that stuff. Like build a product, see if you can sell that product. If you can sell that product, you know, maybe you're onto something and it's worth kind of digging in deeper to see if you should keep on pushing forward. So where did you start? Cause I have a, I have a similar story. My buddy, Dan Farrell, who owns uh Farrell sports concepts had shoulder pads. So we went through the same thing. We we're in China, yeah. we were in Korea, we we're in all these different countries to get the product the right way. This is, you know, back in the day. So it's pretty interesting. Same story. So how did you, or where, what country did you start? In, like, if if somebody's thinking the same thing as you, whether it's clothing line or whatever it is, right? Whether it's real estate, doesn't matter. How did you actually get started? And where'd you find a, a manufacturer to actually do it? Because that, that's pretty impressive, right? You start from scratch. You had a business partner. Explain your business partner too, because I think this is a big part of a lot of people don't understand that. You know what? Having a business partner is not a bad thing. Me personally, I love having business partners. Right? Yeah. I've always had, and, 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 you know, you, you, you divide and conquer. So talk a little bit about that. Well, I think it's really important when you're, you're thinking about a, a business partner. And it's funny, we've gone from like friends to business partner back to friends. And, and it's kind of been like a, a roller coaster ride in, in a lot of ways. But, you know, people just want to like team up with maybe their buddy or someone that they enjoy spending time with. But um, ultimately, you know, you, you want to find somebody that kind of covers and, and has strengths where you have weaknesses. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really important thing. And, and it's something that's, you know, people just think, Oh, I'll team up with a buddy. But if you have two guys that have the same strengths, um, you know, I, I'm not, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, there's, there's weaknesses that everybody has, no matter how, how smart you are or whatever it might be. Uh, I think that's really important. And then as far as just like morale, um, you know, this, like this startup game is, is all over the place. You have ups, you have downs, you have times when you feel like you're, you're on top of it and, and the smartest guy in the room and other times where you just don't feel like you're adequate enough to run this and, and to make it work. Um, and to have someone there to kind of level you off and, and Steve and I have always done a great job with that. You know, one of us has been down, the other one's been up and it's been a really good yin and yang um, to balance each other out. But it's uh, it's a marriage and it's interesting, you know, once you get, once you get employees like, like we have, it, it becomes, you know, a true marriage and, and, um, yeah, it, it's just a, it's a crazy relationship, and I've just been so fortunate to to be able to team up with him uh, to kind of get us to where we are today. So where where did you meet him? Uh, so we were in a lean, a senior leadership society at Michigan. Um, so it's like interesting enough. It's I kind of joke around, but he's uh, he was the president of the Glee Club. Uh, he doesn't have that great of a voice, so it's it's kind of interesting. <laughs> but you know, it, it's crazy at Michigan. You know, the Glee Club is one of the oldest organizations it's got a 10 million dollar endowment so you know running that organization is not like 
you know, just showing up and, and singing every day. You're, you're balancing a, you know, a balance sheet and um, he's, you know, scheduled a, I don't know, a, a 35 guy trip to, to Asia and all the scheduling and everything with that. So, um, you know, he's really had his kind of his shit together on that front. So, all right. How did you meet this dude? So you're, you're in Michigan. Not, yep. I mean, not for nothing, but I went to BU and I, I would never be hanging out with someone from the Glee Club. Like this is just. Yeah. A, so it was actually a, a cool thing. It was a, just a senior leadership society where they essentially take the top 25 leaders on campus and they put you in like a group. Um, you meet once a week uh, and we just got to know each other and, and became really good friends from those meetings. Um, really like eclectic crew of like across yeah. the board, you know, it had about like five to seven athletes in it. And then just ranged everywhere from, you know, you know, the, the president of the uh, aerospace club and like just all these like kind of crazy smart people and, um, you know, student body president and all that type of stuff. So it was a, it's a pretty cool thing. I'm not sure if Michigan still does it. It's been like a controversial group, but yeah. it's something that, you know, good experience when I did it. But the fact that, you know, it led to me finding a, a business partner and, and a friend for life, uh, you know, makes it pretty amazing and something that I hope that they're still doing. So we, we talk about network a lot, right? Network and community, right? Whether you played pro or junior, doesn't or uh, went to college or played junior, doesn't matter, right? It, it's you meet somebody in some sort of network or community, right? And this is the, the this is non hockey world where you met this individual, which is pretty yeah. good, right? So what do you recommend, guys? Um, what do you recommend, guys, either in college or in junior right now, on how they should look at potential network and potential community, like? What is, what is your what is your view on that? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. I I hate going to like networking stuff now, um, but you know, early on, I was definitely doing a lot of those things. Um, you know, lucky to have the Michigan network, and I was going to like alumni society or alumni um, groups in whatever cities that it were, and um, just looking for connections to people. I think that's one of the most amazing things about the hockey community is that if you want to talk to somebody. Um, you can find a way to make it happen. Um, and there's just, there's so many people out there and especially, you know, guys that are, that are running businesses or whatever it may be like, they, they want to help. You know, they remember the days when, you know, they were trying to figure out what they wanted to do and they had to get scrappy to get introduced to people and um, to get opportunities. So it, it's amazing to me. Um, I'm just thinking about early on in my days, you know, I was uh, Brian Spaley was running trunk club and like had no, he's like kind of a hockey guy in the hockey community. He was able to get connected to him. Um, the CEO of Equinox Gyms um, was able to get like a meeting with him and, and chat with him. I think early on, just if you want to get introduced to somebody, you, you can make it happen. Um, and I think that's like the great thing about the hockey community. You can kind of bounce around until you find somebody who has a connection that can make it happen. And also just the willingness of, of guys that are, that are doing it to, to sit down and want to chat with guys that are, are trying to get it going. Yeah, you know it's interesting because BU did a not a good job when I was when I was playing there to um, life after, but now they're doing a great job. They're they're really promoting the 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 uh, alumni and networking and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of pretty interesting how it's kind of they're turning towards that direction, which which is a great thing to do. It doesn't matter, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's college or you know playing in you know ex pros or being junior guys. So. Um, it Tom, should be a great selling point. It should be just as important as having a sick gym. I agree. Um, you know, it should be a huge part of it that, um, you know, I think these schools need to do a better job of, of making it happen for sure. I agree. Cause I mean, you got knuckleheads like us. We just went there just for hockey. Let's call it what it is. We, yeah. we went there to make the, make the and, NHL. And you're so young too. It's like, you don't give a shit about, about class yeah. and, and all these things that you don't know what you want to do. And you think the hockey's it, but uh, right. no, it's such an important aspect to it. Tom, what do you got? 
Yeah, so I just want to I want to touch on network a little bit, and it's it's actually funny. It's actually a perfect transition into this. So, so originally when Lee, I don't know if you remember this, it was like all the way back in the beginning of COVID, like when it first it was like April March 2020. <clears throat> my season was canceled, and I remember distinctly. I was sitting on my couch. I'm going through my phone book on my on my cell phone. I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do now? reaching out to a couple people, uh, ex guys that are retired now in the business world. And I, and obviously I play, you and I know Jack Downing, that's the connection here. Um, Drew McKenzie. It's a hell, you know, it's a hell of a connection to have. <laughs> so it, it was one of those things where um, I had just played with Jack a couple of years earlier in Cincinnati. He was doing the, you know, the insurance thing in, in, in the city and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, you got to reach out to my boy Lee. And then I don't know if you remember this, you actually offered me a job. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, you offered me you offered, you offered me a job in in the city because I was going. Awful hire. Yeah, what's that? To work at the store, right? Yeah, it was a it was yeah, a Westport yeah. location. So yeah, that's right. Was, that's right. I was, I'm going. I'm like I'm like. Do I really want to do this? I was like, I just got out of hockey. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with my life, and and that's kind of what I wanted to talk to. So we had some good chats. Um, you know, kept in contact a little bit over the years. But I want what I wanted to talk about was the transition period between when guys know they have one foot out the door, you know, from hockey consuming us basically our entire lives and going through that, you know, lull that we all went through at some point, because you go from doing something every day. You know, we talk about this on every episode to trying to find yourself, like what's the next step, like after hockey, and I remember having those conversations, just reaching out to people, networking, asking questions, because I didn't know what to do. And it was kind of one of the, and now, you know, a year and a half later, I'm with Bob doing this and, you know, the real estate side of, of the industry now. And, and it's one of those things where I just wanted to talk about what, what, what would you do? And let's talk about your transition when you knew or, ha- or what advice you can give guys for when they start having these thoughts and when it's time to, to move on. There's two things I think that I'm going to contradict myself, but I think that uh, something that's interesting is that, you know, these like playing in the minors and these long bus rides, whatever it was, I, I just thought like, oh, like I'm just not like, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like better than this, I guess, just to you know, put it frankly. Um, but I also think that that mentality is also like kind of what didn't make me a good enough hockey player. Um, so I think it's like kind of a contradicting thing, right? Where I think that hockey players need to be thinking or all athletes need to be thinking about life after, but if you're thinking about that and you're not like all in, and maybe if I was like this, listen, like, this is it. Like, if I don't make it in hockey, I'm not making it. Like maybe I would have been a better hockey player. Uh, I don't know if it would have you know been smart for me after and I probably wasn't good enough anyways, but I just think that like that mentality you've seen for guys that, that it, it works and it kind of gets them to that next level. They grind it out a little bit more. And, and when you have that, like, this is all, this is it mentality could make you a better hockey player. I, I just never had that. Um, and I was always very curious about, you know, other things than hockey. I was very fortunate that, that hockey got me to, to be able to go to Michigan, a school I probably wouldn't be able to get into um, without it. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. And, and for me, Personally, I was very lucky that I was kind of working on another passion project um, when it came to decide if came to decide if I was going to keep playing or not. Um, and also, like the decision came easy for me because, you know, I remember we did like a like a launch party for like our fall collection shirts, and I was still thinking about going back and playing. 
And the coaches in South Carolina were like asking me, Hey, you coming? Are you coming? What are you going to do? Are you going to, you going to play? Are you going to retire? And I was like, I don't know yet. I haven't made a decision. And then we had that weekend and I forget, we must've sold like, you know, $7,000 worth of dress shirts. And we just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then that Monday I got a call being like, Hey, we, we traded you to Missouri. Like, we don't know what you're, what you're doing. And I was like, okay, like decisions made. Um, $7,000 so co- is a co-salary for some guys. <laughs> well, yeah, we, you don't make that. We just, you know, no, we just I'm, I'm saying like, uh, like, yeah. oh shit, I just. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like a real, like, oh wow. Like, you know, people are coming back and buying the product again and people are enjoying it. Um, and then that along with like being dealt, I was just like, okay, like this, this is it. But yeah. um, the transition is tough. I, I, I feel bad for guys that are, are transitioning and do in something that they don't know that they're loving and not waking up every day excited to do. I was very lucky that, I was able to you know, wake up and be really excited about a project I was working on. There was absolutely days though. when like, you know, it wasn't all those great weekends where you didn't sell anything and you're like, is this the right move here? And I think another thing too, is, you know, early on when you're starting a company, you know, everyone, you know, people around you, even like your friends are like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? Like, it's like, it's like anybody can go and do this. Like, there's no fucking way. Um, So I think like knowing that that's going on and and you just absolutely lose your identity. There's no doubt about it. You go from being the hockey player for 25 years into, you know, something else. And and that's, that's always really tough. Um, So so Lee, let let me, let me ask you a question because you said something that is really important. And I went through this when I jumped, when I retired from hockey and jumped into real estate, people like, who the hell does this guy think he is? Like, you know, it's, 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 your identity is gone. And then all of a sudden you have a new identity and everybody's going to motherfuck you. Right. They're going to nay say, it's like, I guarantee how many people Lee is like, what are you doing? Jumping in the clothing? Like you, you know, nothing about it. Yeah. You don't have good style. What the fuck? Who the fuck are you? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to get, so talk a little bit about that. Cause that's, this is very important because when we do the transition, you know, Tom, we talked about this before it's, we beat ourselves up. Let's call it what it is. We, we are probably our, our worst critic, but you also have other people. You have, family, friends, they think they know what the hell they're talking about when they make shit money and they're telling you what path you should take, right? Those are the people you should not ever listen to. This is my opinion. You know, I've lived this life like this. You don't listen to people that don't make more money than you do, first of all. But in your opinion, what would you give um, advice to people on that side of it? Yeah, I go the opposite direction. I just, I take advice from people that, that wake up every day pretty excited to do what they're doing. Um, and I think that's just like the most important thing. And if that's going to be a school teacher, that's going to be a hockey coach, whatever is going to get you going in the morning. Um, I think that's what, that's what, that's a big thing for us. And when I think about our team here, like that's the most important thing to me. And, and we send out something every, every two months, scale one to five, can't use four. Um, you know, how excited are you to come to work every day? And, you know, we have a ton of fives and we have a three. We're like, holy shit, we're doing something wrong here. Um, I think the majority of people are, are ones and twos. Um, so I think that just, uh, you know, to me, that's, that's the most important thing. And it doesn't really matter how much money you're making. If, if you're waking up excited every day to do what you do, um, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for. And, and that's what I feel very fortunate that I get to do that every day. I have no idea what the hell I'm waking up to, but, um, you know, you know, it's going to be exciting and, and that alarm goes off and I'm, I'm excited to get out of bed and get it rolling. Yeah. It's a passion and purpose, right? Um, yeah. but how, how, what did you do? So you, 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 you stay focused on your passion and purpose. How many naysayers did you have to fight off to get to where you are today? It's funny. I, I don't think that like no one like really to your face is, uh, is like doing this stuff. I think, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, there's, there's just so many moments, whether you're, 
you know, just chatting with someone who's like, Hey, like, you know, why, why don't you come work for me? Like, I, this is just like a, a fun project you're working on, but when it, when it doesn't work out, you know, why don't you, why don't you give me a call? I'd love for you to come work for me or, or come work with us or whatever it is. Um, so there's a lot of that. And I think that along the the path, there's just like a bunch of little milestones that kind of keep you going. Um, and there's, there's so much negativity that surrounds this uh, on a day-to-day basis, especially as you, as you grow and, and you have employees and, and everything like that. But even in the early days, you know, so many things go wrong um, and you just need these like little milestones to kind of like keep you going that you say, okay, like we are, we are doing this, you know, things are going well, you know, we can do this. Um, and I think that's just like kind of important to have those little milestones along the way. You know, in, in you know, Tom, we talk about this all the time about um, I, I think hockey players are, are destined to be good business owners, my opinion, because exactly what you said, we always did a good job of setting goals, right? Which are your milestones. So you set a little goal, you win, but you don't sit there and, and, and bathe in it and, and pat yourself on the back. It's always, all right, next, what's next, what's Absolutely. next? Absolutely. So, so sometimes it's a detriment to us because we're like, you know, we blow by a goal and it's like, ah, screw that goal. Our other goal is way over there. Oh yeah. So talk a little bit about that. No, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think we do not do a good job here of uh, patting ourselves on the back and we, we kind of, tried to let our, our team our team know that as well like hey you know we're not the best you know just like bringing someone in arm around the show hey you're doing a great job really really proud of the work you're doing i think that's something that we need to improve on but no you always want more i mean i think that's that's kind of how we're built um you know not only just yeah as hockey guys you just you always want more and, and if your sales exceed by 25 percent you be nice if it exceeded by 50 percent um and that's never, and that's always never that's something that like we struggle with too. It's just like, nothing's, nothing's good enough. I think our products got to get better. Our customer experience has got to get better. Our office has got to get better. Um, we're lucky where we are, but uh, you know, we, we just have so much to do to, to get better on all fronts. And I think that that's, you know, like I said, that's, it's a good thing and a bad thing, um, but absolutely never, never truly satisfied here. Love it. So let's talk a little bit. So you have 18 stores. You said? Yeah. So how, how did you get from, I think, all right. So what is the hardest, part of is it going from starting that first store or going from one store to do two stores to like talk a little bit about that because opening the first store has got to be scary as shit right oh yeah yeah and i mean we talked about before but where we're opening up it's not it's not inexpensive by any means you know we are in like the highest end areas in the country in the world whether it's soho new york or back bay newberry street in boston um m street in dc so yeah it's it's terrifying um absolutely and it's funny it's the same thing as like the product i look back in like our first stores and build outs and stuff like that and it's just like holy shit people actually went in this place and bought things um so it's it's been quite a journey i have no idea how we got to 18 stores it doesn't even seem possible um but it's it's been um it's been such a a fun part of the experience we got hooked on the retail side immediately i worked the first boston store um and just like knowing you know, in this day and age where everyone is communicating like we are and communicating over email and text message to actually introduce somebody to the brand in person, have an interaction with them, uh, see them try on the product. It was just a game changer for us. And, and we were young when we had the Boston store. So, you know, we were using it as like a, a post bar spot, a, you know, a, a pre bar spot. Uh, it was definitely a little a little wild back in the day. That was, but, on, uh, was it New Bridge Street? Yeah, it was on New Bridge Street. Um, so we were, you know, I was essentially living in Boston at the time, like sleeping at the store sometimes and just like crazy shit. Um, but we just became hooked on the experience. We thought that we could do it better than anybody else. We thought that we were doing it better than anybody else. 
we had random customers coming in and staying in the store for two hours, just drinking beers, hanging out, chatting. Uh, we just thought it was really unique and we became hooked on it. And then once we found that we can do it very profitably um, and these stores can not only be, you know, just like fun and, and great way to introduce people to the brand, but they can be like really profit centers for us as well as customer acquisition vehicles. Um, you know, we just kind of ran at it and, and we're still doing that to this day. It's the most challenging thing about the business, uh, managing people from hundreds of miles away, um, yep. coaching and having to lead a team of five to seven people. And they're running their own one and a half, two million dollar business. Uh, it's, it's been an unbelievable challenge, but also the most exciting and rewarding part of of what we do. Uh, you know, just had 18 store managers that came out to Ann Arbor for like a store manager retreat. And it was just like, it was incredible to see just how excited and how bought in and everyone is. Uh, and we got a really good group here, which we're, we're really excited about and excited to keep growing that, that retail footprint. Yeah. So you're, uh, you're saying you got some great clothes and it's interesting. You got the athletic fit that, that fits a hockey body perfectly. Right? That's right. <laughs> it's perfect. So, yeah. And it's easy. I mean, you walk by one of our stores, you know exactly what we do. It says athletic fit, performance fabric, you know, dress clothes. And if you're a guy walking on Newberry and that resonates with you, you come in um, and it's been fun too teaching our guys sales. I mean, there is just, there's so many tactics that we have. Um, I, you know, I would say compared to other stores on Newberry, we probably get 50% of the traffic, but you know, our sales are right up there with, with some of the greatest stores on there just because, uh, you know, the, the clothes are great and we've got great salespeople in there that are pushing product and pushing a great experience. Well, Tom, Tom has your shirt on today. So this is the best Tom has looked all year. So. Good. That's a, that's a good thing, Tom. That's a good thing. It's hard to do, one, but it's a very good thing. One of, uh, it's one of about 20, so thanks, Lee. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> now, hey, look at through the stores, man. You got, uh, you're in California. You're in Toronto, right? You're in Boston. You're in Chicago. You're in D.C., Denver, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, where else? Uh, Houston. Shit, you're everywhere. Manhattan. Yeah. Love it, dude. No, it's, Love it's it. funny. I got I to gotta make fun of you real estate guys just because, like, you know, obviously I've, I'm, like, in the game a little bit from that standpoint. But it's, like, just like any other industry, finance or whatever it may be, it's, like, you know, it's going to be 150 bucks a foot, seven bucks triple nets. Uh, we've got, like, just, like dude, just fucking tell me what the what the rent's going to be a month. Like, I don't, don't make me take out my calculator. Like, what am I going to pay? all in every month and it's like well you know it's going to be 150 bucks a foot uh we've got 10 bucks triple nets we've got insurance we've got taxes it's like dude it's just it's just funny how every industry kind of has that language just to complicate shit when it's just completely well let's 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 actually talk about that you know brick and mortar you guys are you know that's that's your storefront that at the end of the day that is real estate so what do you you know when you're identifying these markets you know just like i mean real estate where we're, we're going to special markets all over the country depend you know we're following the money at the end of the day so we're seeing where trends are going i'm assuming you guys are doing the same thing when identifying locations so let's let's touch on that yeah i think uh it's been crazy we've been in the retail you know, brick and mortar retail game for either like four or five years now and just to see where it's gone um when we started five years ago it was completely dead we had the pick of the litter we had complete we can dictate all the terms and everything. Landlords were desperate to get stores like us in there. Um, and then, you know, leading up to COVID, it got, it got very hot and, and pretty competitive. Obviously COVID wiped everything out. If I can go back in time, I think we opened up two stores during COVID, which like was just like hilariously risky on our end. Um, going back, I wish we had done more, but um, it's, it's rebounded like crazy. Uh, it is more competitive and tight than ever to, for us to get a space. Um, it's, it's been pretty amazing. 
Um, so right now it's just, it really, it can't be a hotter market. Um, and it, it's funny. Everyone's like, you know, what's the average income at this space and, and, you know, all these different metrics and stuff. And Steve and I kind of do still do the retail, uh, location pickouts and, and, and decisions. And for us, it's just, it's a hundred percent feel, um, you know, we, we go to these locations, we see the other tenants that are around, uh, we go into the stores, we talk to them, you know, I pretend I'm a retail consultant and ask them questions about their sales and traffic and all these things. Um, it's 100% feel. Uh, and I'm sure it's not the right way. It hasn't bit us in the ass yet. Um, and it's just kind of funny, you know, do we think that we can do $70,000 a month at this store? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Um, and it's, you know, we, we know what we have to do, obviously, uh, revenue wise to, to pay the bills. And, uh, yeah, it's, there's really no, there's no scientific method to it for us. It, it's a lot of feel and it's, are, are guys like you going to be going there on the weekends? Yeah. Uh, and if they are great, let, let's fire it up. You know, and I, I love that mentality because it's the same thing in real estate. You know, you, you have a, I ran a couple of different real estate education coaching programs and, and it's the same thing. It's, you see the most successful people are the ones that take action, right? They actually do it. They don't talk about it and say, hey, I think I'm going to open another store. You guys, you know, the research that you do, you still do research, right? But for the research for you guys is feel. Yeah. Same thing in, in real estate. It's like you have to actually take action, get off your ass, move forward and actually do it, right? So you guys, act, it, it, it's a, it's pretty impressive, you know, going from one to 18 stores, especially brick and mortar, right? I mean, what, what is what is your online sales look like compared to in-store? It's crazy. Uh, I think we're trending like 45% online, 65 in store. I think that we're hoping that online is going to like even it out 50, 50 this year. Um, but the in-store experience is, is, has been huge for us and it's been a great way to acquire customers. And then once they have a great experience in store, they want to go back. Um, you know, our, our average order value is much higher in store. You know, if someone's on your website and they have a dress shirt, you can't just like tap them on the shoulder and be like, Hey, while you have that dress shirt on, why don't you try on this blazer, see how it fits. Yeah. Um, so we're able to sell you know, a lot more units per transaction at our retail stores. Um, and that goes back to kind of the salesmanship of our people. Um, so yeah, they've it just been incredibly successful. And obviously it's, it's a lot easier to scale the online business than it is the, the brick and mortar business, but uh, it's just been so successful for us and, and we're going to keep running after it. Love it. Love it. Tom, what else you got? Uh, want to circle back a little bit to a comment you made earlier about, you know, you came out with a prototype, you thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Six months later, you thought you found out it was dog shit because it wasn't what you expected. Let's talk about the, um, the bounce back for the, from the reaction that you got on that and kind of tie it into, you are a hockey guy. At the end of the day, you know how to grind, you know how to work, you know how to be disciplined and, and, and stay on track because you had a goal. I mean, you wouldn't have played at Michigan. You wouldn't have played the USHL. You know, you wouldn't have played pro if you didn't have a goal. So let's talk about why you think, um, you know, hockey guys, you know, whether it be real estate, what, any athlete, you know, you, you you have a mindset or else you wouldn't be performing at the level you're at. So let's go back to that experience with you and kind of talk about why you think, you know, hockey guys are so successful in the business world. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of resiliency that that comes with, you know, just being an athlete. And, and that certainly is a, a big aspect that you got to take into business um the kind of like the uh the threshold for pain uh when you're when you're starting a business is is pretty unbelievable and you know early on when you're ordering 500 shirts and, and 100 come in fucked up you're like we're done like this is this is it 
Um, yeah. and like you're freaking out and, and you're, you're not sleeping at night and all these things. And, you know, now it's, you know, we've got thousands of, of product going, of items going out a day. So like we're dealing with, you know, 50 messed up product, you know, on, on a daily basis. And it's just like, you just kind of develop a thick skin for this type of stuff and shit goes wrong all the time. Um, you learn that, you know, overreacting and, and, um, you know, stressing out about stuff when, when there's really nothing you can do to, but, but fix it for the future is, is such a big part of it. I wish that I had the mentality that I have now, uh, when I was playing, I think that, you know, the, the consistency factor in my hockey game was what kind of held me back. Uh, when I was good, I was really good. When I was bad, it would spiral fast. Uh, and I kind of wish I had this more mature mentality that I have now when I was playing. Um, but ultimately, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think that as far as like sales and management, um, I think that hockey guys just have such a leg up. Um, you know, and nothing prepares you for for managing a team. And it doesn't matter. I was a captain on all the teams growing up. It doesn't matter. Nothing prepares you for this. But I think just overall the personality and the way to connect with people and you know, I, I look back on some of our coaches and, and really disappointed with kind of like the leadership that that they had. But um, you look back on those coaches and you, and you take the things that you did enjoy about them and the things that you didn't and you kind of put it into your own management and leadership style. Um, I think that's been really important. Uh, but, yeah, I think that, you know, hockey guys are just sales and management. I mean, we should be really taking over the business world uh, on those two fronts, I believe. I agree. I agree. A thousand got one. One more point, Bob, and then we'll kind of I'll let you take it away for the rest. So I want to talk about um, the PHPA the network. Um, you know, this is something that you were a part of. I was a part of. I was on the executive board, went to all the meetings on the committee, all that bullshit. You know, in the beginning of the year, you know, we have those, you know, those meetings for benefits, 401k, you know, all, all basically um, letting players know, you know, the, the you know, the reps go around from city to city. In the American League, the Coast, they let you know where your dues are going out of your paycheck every month, every two weeks, essentially. So I remember you you utilized that platform back in the yeah. day, whether it be three or four days, three, three or four days, three or four years ago. And you were incentivizing guys who were still playing to essentially be reps for you, um, you know, pushing product during the season if they want to make you know a little bit extra cash while they were still playing. And, you know, eventually, you know, talking with Daryl and, 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 you know, the guys there at the committee, you essentially partnered up with them. And that that essentially is something that we're trying to do is tap into that network and utilize what we're doing, you know, in the real estate space. And like we talk about, you know, on most episodes is, you know, you throw a dart at a map. There's there, you know, there's a guy, you know, in a city that is, is something is doing something real estate related, you know, whether it be someone who knows someone who's an agent who re referral business, whatever it is. So what, what advice would you give us on, on how to utilize that platform and, and what we could do to maybe, you know, help get to where you were at with that partnership? Yeah, I, I think if I could go back, maybe I, I would have potentially went on the road with them um, and, and did those meetings with them and just said, Hey, can I get five minutes of the meeting time when, um, when you guys are chatting with the teams to like really get in front of them. I, I think ultimately it's such a great partnership for us. And, and it opened up, you know, just so many doors and, and we have employees that have are working with us now through the PHPA. Um, you know, we had those like kind of sales reps that helped grow the business early on. 
you know, we had the 15% off code for uh, all the members to use, which I think was great for us growing up. We still have, or when we were getting it going, uh, I think ultimately, I just think that the PHPA members need to do a better job of taking advantage of what the PHPA is doing. I feel like when you're a player, all you want to do is shit all over how you had to pay 500 bucks out of pocket because the PHPA didn't cover a, you know, a medical bill or whatever it was. Um, So there's like a negative connotation towards it, but ultimately, you know, it it should become a great network of guys that are looking to help each other out. And instead of uh, you know, being the sickest uh, Fortnite player as a 25 year old, you know, and, and being caught up on every fucking Netflix show, like, you know, you should branch out and, and reach out to people and, and try to, um, you know, connect with people in the PHPA um, that are, you know, either in business or still playing. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, if I can go back, I think getting in front of people actually would be, would be huge. Um, but ultimately I, I think there's just be a, a better push, uh, to get the current members and players to to really start activating, you know, what the PHP has to offer and the network that that is a part of it. Yeah, See, and it's, and really, I, I agree on that one um, because <clears throat> when I was, you know, when I was part of it back in the day, I I thought the same thing. I'm like, ah, you know, I'm a young idiot kid just thinking like, ah, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. You guys are washed up players. Like, this is the yeah. mentality that you see. You know, this is the mentality that we had coming from college. Like, you know, what the hell are you guys doing today? And now. Yeah you know, you change your lens and it's a lot different. It's like, shit, these guys are actually trying to help you. Right. Oh yeah. And they're, they're great guys too. Awesome. Like just phenomenal guys that have gone above and beyond for us. And uh, we certainly credit our early growth to, to that organization. Absolutely. Yep. Sure. So, and I uh, talked to Bob, I talked to Bob all the time about trying to get down there to Florida, to the meetings, even if it's for a weekend or a day, just to, you know, have maybe half an hour to, to get on stage and talk to these guys and kind of, be one of those resources. I mean, think about it. You got you got financial advisors. You got you guys. You got you know the firemen academy. You got the police. You know you have all those reps down there in Florida at those meetings. And it's like, yeah. I we got to figure out a way how to how to get in front of these guys. And on, when they're all in one place, at the end of the day, it's an hour meeting in the morning, and everyone's getting shit faced at the pool all day. So yeah, it, it's one sure. of those things where it's more of a vacation, but at the same time. And we talk about it all the time. One one person comes up to you and, and talks to you about, you know, hey, what, what are you guys doing? What, you know, you guys are in the investment space. You know, I want to be a landlord. I've thought about flipping houses. So if that could, in my opinion, snowball. And, and that's basically what we're trying to build here with with this podcast and basically networking and, and building this coaching platform moving forward. For sure. Yeah. And you know what? It's um, I think it's a mastermind, really, Tom. You, you guys just talked about it. Uh, the PHPA is really a mastermind. So we're part of different, I'm part of different masterminds. I don't know, if, Lee, in your business, if you have a, a business mastermind that you go to with different, you know, different industries, or it's maybe just a clothing line industry where you talk to other, you know, industry leaders. Um, I think that's a good point there, Tom. It's, you know, recommend everybody go to those and just ask questions, right? They, it's, I know people say, oh, I hate when people, you know, make the comment of, hey, let me pick your brain. But guess what? It's a great opportunity to, you know, for all there, Lee, I would like to pick your brain on just how your business works because it's pretty cool on seeing the expansion of it. I'm not in your business, but I'd love to you know hear more of your story to understand how you could take what you guys did to this industry because you know we have the real estate industry. I also have a, a virtual assistant staffing company as well out of the Philippines. So there's a lot of stuff that we could probably bounce off each other and just shoot the shit over maybe five or ten or fifteen beers over you know one night. Yeah. I'm not drinking that much anymore, but, uh, yeah, no, that, no, you're absolutely right. And I think, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's still business it's still managing people. 
uh, still trying to figure out a way to, to make things profitable and make money. So, um, you know, whatever the industry is, it still certainly overlines, overlaps. So, excuse me. so if someone wants to get a hold of you, uh, give out your info, because obviously there's uh, you guys have 18 very successful stores. You're a successful, obviously, entrepreneur. So how, how would people get a hold of you if they're interested to get a hold of you? Yeah, I think uh, Tom knows I, I'm absolutely horrible on text message. Uh, so I, it's definitely an email for me, which is just Lee, L-E-E at stateandliberty.com, A-N-D spelled out. Um, so yeah. And, uh, like I said, it, it's been, uh, it's been a wild, wild year for us here. And, and even, I would say just coming out of COVID it's, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. Um, but you know, certainly happy. Yeah. You know, I, I wish that people did reach out more and just looking to shoot the shit and chat, um, because, uh, certainly open to do it and, and people did it for me and you certainly feel the need to, to make it happen and make the time for other people for sure. Yeah, and check out obviously State and Liberty. So stateandliberty.com. I'm on the site right now. Your clothes look phenomenal. So uh, thank you. Um, yep, yeah, phenomenal. I know Tom obviously is a, a perfect uh, perfect role model for your clothing line. So he's, he's the best he's looked all year today. Good. So let you know. <laughs> anyway, thank Lee. We appreciate the time. You know, this has been great. Um, you know, anything we could do to help you if, if, if you know you need help with you know targeting properties in, in certain states all over the country. You know the end of the day it's what we do so if we if we could help or if we if you need a reference with anybody in a special market you know we'll uh we'll help you out as best we can no i appreciate yeah. and, and same goes for you anything i can do to help and, and support you guys please let me know awesome yeah, any, yeah anything. Uh, hey tom two seconds so uh so tan grady we had uh eric we had last week i put him in touch with my buddy ryan so now they're connecting so the point is so to what you're saying tom lee if there's anything that we could help any cities that you're looking to get into that we know people in just let us know that we'll be able to help you. We literally just, um, we had Eric uh, Tangrady on yesterday and I have a buddy, he's in Pittsburgh and I have a yeah. buddy that does really well in the real estate industry. Just put them together and text message. So now hopefully they could do something together. Yeah, so, so it's all about. It's all sure. point. Awesome, Lee, thank you again. Tom, thank you very much. Uh, really, guys, really appreciate thank you. It. Thank you. Awesome. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks.